Hey, this is Dirk Revueren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back, my friends, to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, OJ, and this is the May edition of the Steve and Keefe Power Hour. Of course, these rebel scum are going to talk about the new Metallica record and whatever else is happening in the world of music and whatever else these guys feel like yapping about this month. But before you listen to this episode, you've just been drafted into the Ghost Cold Army. Go to YouTube, Instagram, at Ghost Cold Mag, and subscribe. Let's get these numbers up, yo. By the end of the year, world domination. With that other way, enjoy the power hour. And may the fourth be with you. It is the Steve and Keefe Power Hour. I am joined by senior editor Steve Tovey, the Darth Vader to my Emperor Palpatine. Happy May. Happy May the 4th be with you week. Happy all the things. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good. I'm good. As long as we don't get into some R2-D2 style profanities, then uh, we should be all right and not get kicked off of any of the uh, places that host this podcast. But um, I know you've had a particularly force-filled weekend so uh i have i have have been feeling the force very well it's the 40th anniversary of return of the jedi every time i think of salacious crumb i smile <laughs> and think of you uh jedi oh, still, <laughs> jedi, i know it's weird jedi still holds up to me and um it's still great and i love a lot of the performances you could tell that some of them were over it harrison ford in particular seemed like half the movie he was like jokingly delivering his lines and they just left the takes in uh alec guinness begrudgingly <laughs> like how much longer you could just feel it in his scenes and uh but you can also tell like you know at like the end of any of these series there's just, there's a lot of love between them there and you know the film was done with care and lucas for all his tinkering is still we were, we were talking offline about the music the musical yeah. edit the uh do you like the yub nub or do you like the orchestral ending of Return of the Jedi? I'm musically, it's a good piece, right? But like, people didn't hate the Ewoks. Like, you know, like by comparison, people hated Jar Jar Binks and the Gungans much more than the Ewoks. I'm sure. I know maybe it was also, you know, how CGI they were and how the Ewoks were in little furry costumes, but I don't know. Just no one, no one hates Star Wars. Fan, like no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans, just like Metallica. No one hates Metallica as much as Metallica fans do. And nobody hates Star Wars the way a Star Wars fan does. But anyway, that's my that's yeah. not what this show is about. This show is a roundup. If you're just tuning in and this is your first time hearing the Steve and Keefe Power Hour, this is where we here at Ghost Cult review a lot of albums. And this is our roundup of stuff that came and went in, in the last month and a forecast of what's to come. We're already into May. We have a Friday, New Music Friday coming up this week. We have a Bandcamp Friday this week. Although, like I said, I'm kind of iffy on the future of Bandcamp, the way it's going, as much as I love what they've been about for a long time. I will still support them only on Bandcamp Friday when the artists get the most money and not the rest of the time. But, you know, it's hard. I literally am wired into like Bandcamp life and using my Bandcamp account, especially since they rolled out playlists like a couple of months ago, I've been really enjoying that and, you know, recommendations and the Bandcamp, actual real Bandcamp people who are like what they buy is influential. Sometimes I'll discover things that we are not acquainted with underground, even more underground stuff than we are looking out for and listening out for. So it's a struggle, but, you know, always excited about new music. It has been a hectic. The, the year has officially kicked into the spring album release schedule drive and between a very heavy March, very heavy April, 
record store day in April, which was enormous. And actually ended up being better than I thought for rock and metal. I was like, this isn't very good. And then on second examination, I was like, oh, actually, there's quite a lot of good stuff. I think there was some stuff that didn't make the initial announcement that got added that I liked. And I ended up buying because I'm an idiot and uh, went at like eight in the morning to the record store that I love nearby and, and you know, helped to support. I was online with a cousin of uh, some of the guys in Death Angel, which was pretty funny. And she was like, oh, if you live in San Francisco, you could like throw a rock and hit a cousin. I was like, that's amazing. Um, Cause they're all kind of cousins in death angel, at least the original lineup guys were. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, you know, just uh, here to talk about rock and metal releases and thereabouts and a little bit of star Wars and a little bit of music industry stuff. But uh, yeah. How did you, how did you find, you know, we, it seems like we just did this one, but um, right. we just did this a few <laughs> weeks ago, it seems, but how did you find the April new releases for yourself? It's, it's an interesting um, month you talk about it being being heavy and being stacked i think the last time we caught up i was being a bit flippant saying actually april's okay we've got this in the bag there's not that much but there seemed to be some and we've talked before about pr approaches and short release lead-ins and long times and various albums being bought up before they release and others having quite a quick quick turnaround and it seemed like the the end of the month um last couple of weeks of april there seems to be a lot of releases that kind of were quite short um quite short lead-ins and a lot of oh here's a, here's a new promo can you get this covered in two weeks time is that oh no uh and doing our best to do it so i know we've talked about trying to get some roundups to some of the bits in april we weren't able to pick up in the team because we obviously tend to plan around a month month ahead for who's reviewing what and the get all coverage lined up that way but um I, I don't it seemed to sort of follow for me what i think seems to be a trend for for the year so far we, we always talk about the depth and the amount of really good albums there are I think there's a lot of albums that are good in like an eight, eight out of 10 good. I think we're still waiting this year for the couple of the three or four albums that are really going to define 2023. Um, I don't think we've, we've had them yet. You know, the big kind of uh, centerpiece ones until it was perhaps one album with a yellow cover that came out this month that a lot of people might've been interested in, um, whether that was to mock the album cover or to actually listen to the music or not, two different, uh, two different bits, but I'm sure we'll get to uh, Metallica in a, in a mo. Um, but yeah, but I think things for myself um, going through the, I guess you know the uh, the month week by week. Um, the first first week of April uh, for me was all about the Tribulation EP, um, Hamasha the EP on Century Media. Um, but did have some worries about the band because obviously one of the two main songwriters leaving. Um, the first set of um, material they've done with a new lineup and by all accounts a slightly different writing approach they used to write quite in isolation this seems to be a bit more of a band effort for the three tracks that three new tracks and the cover they've done but oh, it's just a brilliant um really enjoyable kind of a uh, bit more oomph back in the tribulation sounds so are not quite going back to children of the night stuff but maybe adding a little bit more kind of energy that was wasn't necessarily on uh, gloom become sound a lot of heavy metal solos in there. It's kind of almost like a harsher ghost meets merciful fate kind of feel to a couple of the tracks. Um, it just reminded me, I don't know they are on Century Media, of a lot of the kind of the, the melodic 90s um, underground metal that sort of really made the name of, of their label um, that came from, you know, so a lot of the European bands they used to have back then, the Ethereans and not quite Moonspell, but those, you know, Lacuna Calls, they sort of feel in that metal, but catchy, but underground without being sell out kind of or too you know traditional kind of thing. And I just thought it was a really good, really good four tracks. Um ends with a massive Blue Oyster Cult cover. Um and the whole thing's just an up tempo, sort of slightly blackened death rock, heavy metal, 
album um, EP. So really pleased um, for them and uh, very pleased to listen to it as much, as much as I have done. It's kind of a nice little um, sort of about 25, 20, 25 minute um, sort of slotting quite nicely into that. So yes, yeah, so that, that was um, earlier, but then um, 14th of April, there's a couple of albums that came out second week in April we'll talk about in a moment. But the one I want to talk about, that I did go into depth on pretty overly so the last time we spoke is the the Dodheim's Guard um black medium current album um out on Peaceville who's um seemed to be moving away from the kind of the catatonia gothic death doom stuff to being on much more of a black metal kind of influence and um and releases on the label um this definitely this last year or so but the yeah the Dodheim's Guard I, I loved it it's right up my alley in that it's got its roots in the 90s avant-garde post or coming out of black metal kind of uh, stuff so um friend of mine described it as the weirdness of Ed Buen's end with the melody and slinkiness of um, Arcturus and I think that's a really kind of a good, good vibe it has some blackened stuff in it it also has some astral psych avant-garde post-progressive celestial bits and some cool little I don't know groovy kind of uh, chill, chill out moments and it's just a really kind of um, weird in places but really strong covers 70 minutes uh keeps your attention all the way through always doing something slightly different keeps bringing it back to the black and roots but then it'll take you off in other directions and uh you can tell um i'm a big fan of big fan of the door times guards album it really kind of uh, landed with me really worked for me so and then we come towards the, the end of the month um and then one of our shorter turnaround times uh was it was the Bell Witch EP, EP album? Can't be an EP, it's 83 minutes long. Um, so it must be an album, even though it's only one track. Um, but that just blew my mind. Uh, so we had about three days notice, I think, for it, wasn't it? It's like, oh, the band are playing Roadburn on Friday and they're going to uh, release this album on Friday as well. And um, away you go. Uh, <laughs> kind of, um, but I think following the, the format, the sort of the marker they laid down with Mirror Reaper, um, we had one track, 83 minutes. By all accounts, it's part one of a three-part, five-hour-long song that's supposed to be played on one continuous loop ad infinitum to kind of melt the brains of every human that dares to kind of listen to it. But um, I, it's hard to, to describe it without just getting into kind of um, superlatives, but it's just this really immense, glorious, beautiful, but trancey, deep kind of, yeah, hour, 23-minute journey. Um there's there's not really singing in it. There's some really cool kind of chanty vocals that kind of seep in and out. It doesn't rush to do anything. There's plenty. There's a, probably about a four minute build up before anything happens. The last couple of minutes is a bit of a, a kind of a ambient moment. But when they do build up the the riffs, um, for want of a better phrase, because it's a bass and drums and some keys, so it's not really riffs either. It's just some incredible moments in there, and you, it's just hard to believe it's eighty. 83 minutes long and the, the payoff for me is um, probably about the last 15 minutes the 10 minutes of the last 15 is this awesome like anathema meets my dying bride like pentecost 3 era anathema um just just melody that they then bring a, a harmony in with but after about eight minutes you know it's just like oh this this, this section's been cool and you've into it and then suddenly it's like, hey dude whoa this is like cool harmony and just, can we just play for like two minutes it's fine and it takes you through to the end of the song and just to have the kind of the such an immersive song um and i'm not one for the the substances um and to be listening to it completely sober and to still have that 
journey. I can imagine those of you that are indulging in some uh, additional enhancements to your listening experience. That's going to be one awesome kind of um, yeah experience to to go through. So. Um, and then kind of just finish off the month for me. And I, I think uh, we talked before, I think uh, first half of the year have been very much, there's a lot of blackened music that's kind of really caught my attention and, and not now and out black metal, but kind of blackened stuff. But coming into April, it did seem to be the more progressive stuff that kind of um, really seemed to shine personally. And uh, so, yeah, last week we had uh, Fires in the Distance with uh, Air Not Meant for Us on Prosthetic. And um and it's kind of progressive in a different way. So not progressive as in prog, but kind of progressive as in it's a melodic death doom band. But you hear that, you, you kind of imagine something completely different to what they actually sound like because they're really atmospheric. There's these um, gorgeous piano and keys and synth moments. It's all anchored by graveled vocals, but then they go and kind of go into, I don't know, a mixture of aggressive and melodic and atmospheric and um, progressive and epic passages. So that was a... You know, another album. I think they they kind of um, did the right thing. Is uh, it's, there's not a huge amount of tracks on the album, but each track's between like seven and ten minutes long, um, and that they really nailed it for me. Left you kind of. It's a really hard, I think, for progressive bands that do long songs to not do too much. You know, to not be doing the the seventy minutes, and you're like, okay, fifty minutes would have been cool. Um, but they they sort of really they took finish the album when they when they need to, <laughs> if you like, and I think, but in a right way, in a positive way, and um yeah so i had a very enjoyable so the albums that i loved in april and there's another one that we'll, we'll talk about um after you've had your go um that i was a, a big fan of as well but um a lot of melody seeping back in this month a lot of progressive uh approaches to things and um really enthusiastic about a, a lot of the, the big stuff i think that there's other albums definitely i mean we we, we for the first time involved the the writing crew and the wider crew in who our album of the month is going to be and we, we probably had about 15 albums that we were we were asking them to consider and pitch between so we're not just saying for me it's not just these four albums and everything else yeah get in the bin um there was a lot of other stuff that came out this month that we'll hopefully sort of touch on as well but yeah so as you can tell i'm rambling and waffling yeah, and smiling yeah. while i'm doing it so i let, uh, I let you ramble enjoy it. People, <laughs> people have to hear me ramble every single day on these channels so any additional voices that come in and blunt the tide of me is wonderful and acceptable and uh, appreciated I, I I don't want to pat us on the back too hard and break my arm patting myself on the back but i said earlier in the year i thought this was really going to be like a standout year for death an extreme metal and i think it's been proven out already and it's only may so you know it's not a surprise that there's been some really great heavy extreme metal albums and they are all a different flavor it's not just all one thing we haven't had a lot of except for obituary we haven't had a lot of an insomnium we haven't had a lot of like linchpin legendary bands that are just turning out albums it's been these underground bands these on the come on the rise up bands obviously there's a couple of other huge ones we're not talking about them right now in a second but I, you know i do want to shout out it's kind of weird i never really i like the label but i don't focus heavily on prosthetic records but they had just two of the best records of april uh dawn of a Rubberus. uh i had a really great velvet incandescence great name great album I had a really great Twitter exchange with them where they played my town, San Francisco on the same night as enslaved that I already had a ticket for. And I like, there's no way I can do both. And they were giving me shit like, Oh, enslaved's a bunch <laughs> of dads. 
and you don't really want to go support them anyway. Come to our show. And it was like Dawn of Arobers and uh, Botanist, who's also local. So I really wanted to go, but I, yeah. I just couldn't be in two places at once. They were not near each other. It was not possible to like maybe go from one to the other. So, but I love that album. And uh, also Sunrot, uh, you mentioned Fires in the Distance, which is a band mm-hmm. from my old hometown, New York. Sunrod is from New Jersey, close enough, not really, but like we'll, we'll accept it for this purposes. Sunrod is a band that I always thought like people marvel at live, but they the records, it takes, they're like, you know, growers, you have to spend time with them. Yeah, yeah. But this is the record where I felt like their immediacy in the songwriting really hit home for me. Like whatever the song was about, they got right into it. And then if it, it spiraled out experimentally, they did. So that's the uh, unfailing rope. And it might even be a concept record. It's hard to know with the shrieks and growls, but what a phenomenal record. Super proud of them. Super say like, I've been a fan of theirs for a decade. And this is the culmination of 10 years of work for them. Uh, on the lighter side, of course, I think it was one of your prediction records from last month, which was Dorothea Cottrell from Windhand, her solo record, Dark Folk Country, marvelous written review by Reza Mills on the staff. And I love her. I did not get to get my interview with her. We kept missing each other. Things got in the way. It's a shame. She doesn't do a lot of press. So I was really hoping to talk to her about the record. But if you, you know, in the same way that uh, Lingua Ignota pivoted to sort of this pastoral churchy vibe record, like a lot of haunted songs about emotional trauma and upbringing and Emma Ruth Rundle and Marissa Nedler to a lesser extent. But yeah, this record's marvelous. And if you're a Windhand fan, this is mandatory because I pay to hear Dorothea sing the phone book. And uh, I also uh, just my, you know, it's hard to get my, it's hard to put into words how good the bell witch is. I'm still trying to get a review out. Uh, is a you know a week and a half later, but it's it's a struggle because it's just like how do you say other than what you already know about them? There's nothing, no, not much new information, but they have a way. Whatever they're writing is there. It's their own new story every time musically. It's it's like it's yeah. it's okay. It's familiar, but it's new and it's nothing. Re- it's not really a lot of repeated steps. Even though obviously there's not a lot of different instrumentation, there is very heavy f- essence on. Uh, emphasis on keyboards on this record that they yeah. haven't had before, but it's still them. It's still the same things that make them them. It's just done a different way. So it's just, I can't articulate that very well, clearly. So I haven't gotten there <laughs> yet. Um, and then in, uh, there was a, a couple of other ones. Ison, which is a record that Duncan Evans reviewed on avant-garde music. Um, it's hard to put into words what they do, but it's kind of like a, you know, it's heavy, but they have atmospherics. And a lot of layers to what they do musically. I thought that was a good record. And then, you know, obviously the big, big name ones. Of course, here, I'll I'll give us the entree to talk about Overkill and Metallica. Again, nobody is, you know, sicker of, you know, the whole world is probably tired of hearing me gush about this Metallica record. Uh, again, I know what Metallica I'm getting. I said this over and over. They're 60 years old. I love the concept record, lyrically, one of the best Metallica records, vocally, one of the best Metallica, literally one of the best Metallica records ever in terms of James as a vocalist, trying new things, harmonizing with himself in ways he never did before, almost like an Alice in Chains type of harmony thing. Sometimes Robert singing a little, 
um, actual an actual album made by Metallica, not just James and Lars for 100 percent of it. And I think that's why it doesn't sound like it's on one hand, it sounds like Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. And on the other hand, it doesn't sound like any Metallica record because they finally let these other guys write more. And Kirk has had records where he has, you know, like what they consider a songwriting credit, you being in a current band and me being retired from a band. You know, we just split the writing. We just always split the publishing and the writing. We never, you know, I wrote this and you wrote that. And even if we had that relationship, when we put the record out, it was like all music by blank band. So, you know, it's just interesting to me that like, oh, well, Kirk has three credits and Rob has two or three credits. And, you know, Kirk Hammett wrote the main riff to the title track of the album. That's never happened on a Metallica record before where James didn't write the song. Even in Mustaine years, James wrote whatever, you know, there's no kill them all song, but like maybe it's Metal Militia, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Phantom Lord or something. But like, I don't know, you know, it's just interesting to me. I love the record and I love it for what it is, not for what it isn't. I don't have to find fault with it. I know what their limitations are. I wonder if they're going to be able to play some of this shit live. I just think like some of it's, I know it's weird. Lars is like, I can play better fast than slow which no drummer should ever say out loud, even if it's true, but you know, Lars being Lars. Um, And you know, if you really are still fiending for more Metallica coverage, we have two reviews, a podcast, uh, (laughs) endless coverage of everything they're doing. So like, there's no getting away from them. And uh, I personally, again, I did, I really enjoy the record. I listen to it a lot now. And I went through a whole, listen to the whole Metallica discography, certain things, and I really, you know, I'm, I appreciate them. And I'm going to try to see them at least once this year, if not twice. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of feeling a I don't know, difficult position. It's too strong, uh, I think, on it because you and I have always always had a similar ethos, I think, around promote the stuff you love and, and be positive about the things you like. And if you don't have that feeling, then don't talk so much around the negatives from it. So um, I, I definitely don't want to kind of put it down on anyone's that's taken. I have, a, I have a different take. I have a different take on the album. Um, and actually talking about not saying anything either way, I'm not a Metallica fan that's first four albums only. Black Album, Black album was immensely important for me. It, to be fair, it was the, my favourite album, the album that properly got me. Like Iron Maiden is my first, my first love and always will be. Um, but the, the Black Album, Metallica, my favourite band in the 90s, and that then went went through all that. So I'm not one that stops at, at Justice for All. Um, I love the title track. I love the first singles. It looks eternal on it. Um, the rest of the album isn't for me. And so I'm quite happy to, as you say, signpost to the other the other coverage and the other kind of reviews and, and things that you've got in it. But, and this goes back to a chat I remember talking um, with, with Matt Davies years back, um, around an Iron Maiden album. Uh, I can't remember which one it would have been back then. Um, and would I rather have a 60-year-old Metallica putting out a record than no Metallica? I absolutely would. Yeah, I'd much rather have them doing new music, particularly as a couple of songs there that I think are, are brilliant songs, some of the best songs they've written since since the Black Album, you know, um, on there. Um, and that's that's great. And the, what you call it, the, the prestige of a new Metallica album, the volume of interest, the kind of the, um, the, the mainstream... At, where they are, where they reach, that other bands will never be able to to do so. It's just incredible, and I think them as a gateway for people into into metal, and as a kind of a I don't know, a centre point for for our for us and our industry. And it's the one album I think we can guarantee this year that everybody that 
reads anything on Ghost Cult will have listened to, you know, at some point. So a lot of respect for them for that. Um, I, I haven't seen them live since um, Death Magnetic, I think. So I quite definitely want to see them on this tour because, again, Lars is talking 10, 10 more years of the band, but I don't think he's talking 10 more years of touring. Um, so we kind of have to be really grateful for the opportunities we have and we know from the live stuff that we've, we've seen and they're still doing the, the rounds and, and youtubes and all those other places they still absolutely bring it live so i need to get that one more opportunity uh to, to catch yeah. them live well at least one more opportunity i think laura's needs to consult properly with james on that 10 year thing i would love to get 10 <laughs> more years of them i just don't know you know they're doing less and less and they're still making a lot of money which again is unusual they're gonna play you know 30 40 shows a year or less now down from 300 down from 200 down from 150 down from 100 which they did for years now it's like 30 tops yeah, yeah. or less if they're doing like 25 shows or less a year you know maybe that extends their lifespan as a band but maybe it doesn't because i think maybe james you know again still you know just because he has this album doesn't mean he's cured of all his problems it's you know it's yeah. helped you know he's go you know getting divorced has a new girlfriend already is trying to stay sober. It's hard. There's definitely a few songs I would have left off the island, kicked off the <laughs> island and not put out. There's a couple of weak ones. Uh, I will say, finally, there's a listenable metallic album for the first time in a long time. Also, Death Magnetic, great songs, unlistenable recording. Uh, Hardwired, great songs. So you know, too loud, weirdly mastered for some reason, strange. This record is like, oh, I don't know if they didn't, you know, whatever. I do think they, if they come back and make one more final album, it's time to go in a completely different direction producer-wise. I doubt they will. Nah, yeah. I don't want them producing it themselves, but they need to have somebody in the room they respect and fear a little bit again. It's not Bob Rock, and I think Greg is just their boy. They love Greg. He's, you know, uh, he was um, Rick Rubin's protege, I think, and, and uh, you know, and so they like him. And he does all their other stuff. He's like their in-house guy for all their live things and all their soundboard recordings. But it's just like, yeah. I think for the next, if they get to make another full length, I'm good with whatever. But like, I would like them to have a different producer. Now, if you want a really excellent, pre excellently produced, modern, brutal thrash metal record, you want the Overkill record, Scorched. We talked a lot about it in the last episode, so we don't need to go on and on about it. But I will say it is incredible. If the Metallica is a seven or an eight, the Overkill is a nine an eight or a nine, at least uh, they are masterfully consistent. All their records are at least very good. None of them are poor. I think they haven't had really a down record in 30 years. And, you know, they will never be as big as Metallica. I know people are like, why is, why is Metallica taking these big other bands on tour and not like some of these underground metal bands? Cause they're playing stadiums and arenas and they need to have seats filled. And so they have to pick their, you know, tour partners wisely um, but you know, overkill in a just world, overkill would be on the tour with Metallica right now yeah. and like selling out like all their merch and, and albums at the same price Metallica sets for the arena, whatever the high, you know, merch cut fee is. And, uh, but yeah, overkill, no notes, fantastic job. I, you know, I had listened to it already by the time we recorded last month. So I knew what I was getting and I knew I was going to love it. And it's still one of my favorites. Yeah. So I was uh, I was very well behaved last last month, and I waited until release date uh, for the overkill for the overkill record. So uh, we we so we did a bit of a a, a joke lead in last time talking about oh which big thrash band you know blah 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 we've been into since kids oh we mean overkill not Metallica, um, but I have to say um, yeah love love the new overkill album um, 
And just as the, the grand announcement, um, this was the, the the album that our writers came together and have voted for as their album of the month for April. Uh, so Overkill, Scorched on Nuclear Blast. But I think just to add a little bit to what we spoke about last time, because I hadn't listened to it myself at the time, um, what I like, they, they, I don't know, I just don't forget how they all, so many albums over the years, 20 albums in, 40-year career, they're still able to find different and new things to add to a well you could say it's a formula but uh, you know um but there's 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 a bit more melody there's a bit more top end lead guitar stuff a couple of songs have some licks that start them off that it almost van halen-y that you wouldn't necessarily associate with overkill um but what i like is i think it just reminds me of white devil armory of horoscope of taking over just like um from the underground and below four staple albums that have just got balls and energy to it there's no let up there's no filler it's just yeah they're in great form they get punky at certain points they get chunky thrashy pace it's full on new jersey um i think the lineup has consolidated the drama jason who's shadows fall has been in there for several years now obviously the, the guitarists have been there for 20 years and they've just got that chemistry it's working well together the production reminds me of an updated version of Years of Decay as well. So it's got that chunk to it when they chug. It's really, really powerful. Um, it's got some massive singles as well. Uh, the Surgeon, Twist of the Wick, Won't Be Coming Back, Know Her Name. You know, so there's like four songs already just off the top of my head that you just sling into a, a best of Overkill live set and they, they'd hold their own against uh, Elimination and all the best. And you talk about Mr. Hetfield and his uh, lyrical acumen and his, his abilities on the new metallicrub it has a line that says shaking like a fat man sitting in a sauna in it which i think just had me in stitches for, for like the first time i heard it so can't argue with bobby's uh bobby's poetry <laughs> as well on top of that so he is one of a kind uh yeah no 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 notes good job we brought back the album of the month and uh yes i failed to mention they are the uh album winner not picked by me or you this is going to be going forward we brought it back and we'll vote on it monthly and uh i'm excited to see where the rest of the year goes and yeah i am uh i'm i'm pleased uh, overkill certainly worthy certainly worthy yeah. of album of the month and we'll and we'll, it was a very deep month of of all kinds of stuff so we've run the gamut just talking about april let's kind of breeze through yeah. may uh so that's you can cool. get to bed at some point <laughs> oh no, you're right i'm feeling that's the thing once you start talking about the music that you you love you kind of get a bit enthusiastic. It's fine. I'll burn myself out and then I'll crash out after. Mm. All good. Um, the joys of, I always lose track, West Coast America and East Coast England and the timelines and stuff, but it's fine. Rather first thing in the morning or last thing at night for one or both of us. Um, but yeah, so it's a May. I think um, trying to keep a little bit of a structure and format to, to these things. And we talked before around just picking out a couple of albums each week that really sort of speak to, speak to me individually rather than necessarily the biggest biggest albums and then covering off the biggest ones at the end if they're not on your list but um so yes you say star wars week this week um but may the 5th release date um i think would be remiss not to mention um the new unearth album that is lurking um again i've been very good i haven't heard a note yet um very excited to, to hear that so um there's certain albums that when they're announced we i don't need to check them before we assign someone to cover up they're, they're one of those i mean uh, i'm sure it's going to be great uh also want to mention uh the new therapy album that's out this uh this friday so big band for me from um my 
mid late teens um big fan of their Tr- trouble gum and infernal love albums and particularly suicide pact you first as well um, but i'll be honest tomorrow left the ball i didn't i'd assumed therapy had either gone on a hiatus or split at some point in the 2000s 2010 they haven't they've been plugging away releasing albums to mixed reviews and responses but they hooked up with marshall records for their last album um this seems to be a bit of a rebirth and a reinvigoration this is their second one on marshall so i've only heard it through once so far um but it's it's got all the traditional trademark therapy stuff of some of the twisted discordant riffing the off-kilter drumming and some just from out of nowhere just some massive big hook chord kind of like burnt sugar choruses you know they're sweet but they've got a bit of a tang to them um so fair play um for therapy so i'm talking about that as a as it's out because i've been listening to it it's out this week but next week for me is probably all about cattle decapitation um i have heard have not heard it sorry i should say again it's another one of those where i've been you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bugger for trying to avoid spoilers. So um, I've stayed away from everything to do with this one so far, other than reading Gary Alcock's review. Um, I think it's fair to say uh, it, it will be one of our contenders for album of the month if it matches up to what Gary's um, right up for it is. So as a spoiler for the review coming out next week, uh, he likes it a lot. Um, and that's usually a good, good sign. Gary doesn't suffer bad metal. Um, and the other one I'm going to pick out for next week, it's a bit of a, a, a left field choice, is uh, Nighthawk, which is the third, I believe, possibly fourth <laughs> side project from Bjorn Speed Strid from Soilwork. And this is like indulging the kind of like the, I don't know, the, the, the 70s and the, the retro rock and heavy metal, even more so than Nightflight Orchestra does. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Heard, heard the, heard the one track liked it and i'm looking forward to the rest of the album for that so scooting through the tail end of may we've got frozen soul um second album coming up um the first one crypt of ice sort of took everyone by surprise and it was like like a a frosty version of bolt thrower um a couple of years back that really kind of um smacked some people around the face so i'm interested to see where they go if they, it's the same again second verse same as the first then i'll be happy but i'm hoping there's going to be some a little bit kind of um some progression somewhere in the sound. Um, be remiss not to mention, I'm pretty sure we're going to mention one of the big ones, so I'll pass over to you on that. Sleep Token um, album due out that week. We've had a few uh, singles released and, and kind of, uh, it's been, a, a, to be fair, I quite like the approach they've taken with the marketing campaign. They've mixed up a little bit. Had two songs released in quick succession, a little break, then another song was released in quick succession, then the album. Um, they haven't dragged their heels over it, but they've managed to keep that air of mystery that they they do so well um, and building up the anticipation for for their what I think will probably be one of the big albums of, well be definitely one of the big albums of the year sorry I'm hoping it'll be one of the best ones as well and then uh, I'm going to do a sneaky three for the last week in May because there's just a stacked week 26th of, uh, of May loads of stuff Immortal um, Immortal sorry it's well English Immortal um, at least <laughs> uh, track 10th album something like that um, Second one without Abath, um, Northern Chaos Gods was brilliant. <laughs> you don't really notice he's not on it. So we get two great bands that sound like Immortal rather than one. So I'm, I'm confident they'll carry on that um, in the vein of that. Metal Church have another album. Uh, you and I are big fans of Metal Church for the years. Um, and I think they've been on, an, on a good run uh, since they're kind of their latest, not quite reforming, but their latest kind of re reboost for one of a better phrase. The last three albums have been been very good so very keen to hear where they're at and we'll finish may where we started may with andy cairns of therapy um who's in a side super group um called 
I assume it's JAW, but J-A-A-W, all capital letters. This kind of like a noise industrial. Um, reminds a bit of like Godflesh and Helmet and a few few, few of those 90s sort of um, Fudge Tunnel bands that didn't really, uh, not in massive ways, massively sound like Fudge Tunnel, but th- that's the stuff I hear in there um, from the cracks that I've heard from it. And I'm interested to hear the, that as a full length. So that's my kind of, hmm, I've got my eye on these ones. But as you know, it goes, something will appear that will, take me by surprise that I haven't even thought about yet, but right. We're always uh, caught off guard by something. And uh, yeah. I'm pleasantly happy to hear that therapy is still banging around. Uh, it's also a band that I was a big trouble gum fan uh, of a certain era. That was one of those tapes yeah. that didn't leave my side. And uh, I, I also heard good things about jaw jaw. I don't know what it is, but I haven't heard it yet. The whole thing. And uh, I do want to hear it. Uh, you had like more than half of my list, but I have some pre- backups prepared. No, it's we uh, again, certain things, you know, unearthed is just, you know, to be expected. Frozen Soul, who just got announced for the Lamb of God tour. So if anything, their profile uh, wow. is getting bigger. Let's see if the album matches the hype. Sleep Token, uh, uh, I love whatever they're all about. And they released basically a pure pop song. So they if they're supposed to be the next ghost, they're really going that route hard. Yeah. Uh, or or spirit box right uh and so other records that i have that you and i also had metal church on my list although again i'm biased because i'm friends with mark lopes the new singer and i wish him the best and i'm super stoked for them their new single that they put out this week sounds like a pantera song like the riff the main riff has like a very traumatic climbing riff that sounds like a new level, which is my favorite Pantera song. So it's it's a little okay, but it's Ooh. it's still thrash. It's interesting though. Um, you'd be the judge when you hear it. Uh, so to not talk about records you mentioned already, Veil of Maya. I think I briefly mentioned last month. Uh, again, a band I have been hot and cold on, honestly, on their records. Always good live. Much respect to them. They are one of the you know linchpins of the Sumerian record sound, if there is a sound of that record, and it's yeah, progressive yeah. metal and gent and stuff. And this new record, Mother, all the songs are brutal and slap, as the kids say. And I'm really interested <laughs> to hear the whole thing and see if the whole thing is as good as the singles or better. And I hope it's better. It might be their best record if it is. I know there are people who are diehard stands for them and and certain other bands of that ilk. And I just have always been just kind of in and out on them as, a, as just, you know, uh, an observer and a listener. Um for the first time in 25 years, I care about a brand new Yes album for my progressive rock childhood heroes who have basically one original member now. Steve Howe is the only last man standing. And uh, Mirror to the Sky is the new record. And I love the couple of singles I've heard. And they kind of have like a weird amalgam of the, you know, they just had a, Alan White just passed away. So they're like of a new, the guy who's been the fill-in drummer for the last few years performed on the album. Alan helped write a few things. Um, so I'm very excited about hearing the whole record. Um, and, uh, let's talk about the Acacia stream, uh, two albums. They seem to be really at a point in their career where they're really doing stuff to please themselves. You know, they did like this series of albums in 2020 that they rolled out. They had put out a couple of like EPs the year before they putting out a continuous strip of music like, um, you know, for lack of a better analogy, like a machine gun belt. They have just a lot of bullets ready to go. And they, they have been very methodical in putting out music the last three or four years. And I think it's like in the wake of a lot of bands kind of doing what they do, 
kind of, I don't want to say copying them, but just coming into the genre new and kind of sucking up that space. I feel like yeah. that band has decided like, we're going to keep changing. And remember they lost their main songwriter about six or seven years ago, DL, who is now the singer of Bad Wolves, strange, but you know, DL went into producing and writing songs for other bands, including Bad Wolves. And so then it was a natural fit for him to become their lead singer. And Casey String continues to get more and more obtuse and avant-garde and brutal as they go. It's not what I had expected at all. I would have feel by now, you know, there are a lot of bands at this level in their career, 20 years into a career, just meat and potatoes. Let's just put out another record that sounds like us. And these guys are trying and succeeding at being creative and inventive and just expanding. And I love that. That makes me really excited. So two new albums from them. And then, you know, if there's anything else out there I missed, I'm sure there's a bunch of Stoner Doom records coming out. I so overdosed on Doom Metal in March and April that I was like, okay, now I need a break. I know Helen Money has a record coming out that's a collaborative record. Um, That one I'm excited about. Do, 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 do. The, did I mention the Ocean Holocene? The Ocean is always kind of a premier post-metal that's, band for me. Um, amazing for you. I oh, yeah, okay, them. good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, um, <laughs> not super big on the used, but I like the first couple of singles off of Toxic Positivity and the incredible album name there. Uh, Burial Clouds on Church Road, post-Doom Band, that's coming out in a week or two. And uh, Yakuza. Let's not forget Yakuza is a band that's been kind of quiet for a long time, but they were, you know, for a long time, they were considered like, you know, one of the pinnacle bands of the underground. Uh, big Bruce Lamont fan saw Yakuza pop up at Psycho Las Vegas last summer. And so I'm very keen on a new Yakuza record, which is coming out in like three weeks. So no shortage of tons of music. June also is jam packed. Haven't had the full flavor of the releases for the summer. I'm really hoping it quiets down a little. So we have a little of a reprieve before the fall, but I, I suspect it's still going to be where if, if things are going to get announced for July and August, it's going to be the next week or two. So I have a feeling yeah. there's an onslaught of new stuff that's going to be announced that's that cool. we haven't it means even. We can talk about it that's next time. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Anything that's else? Say, from yeah. you? A couple of, I think, um, this week, first week in May, it's got a bit of a retro feel to it. Um, got Enforcer with the Nostalgia album, Nuclear Blast, um, Blood Ceremony, not Blood Command, as much as I've tried to retitle the band on all our spreadsheets and all of our reviews and Keith had to go in and re-edit them. I don't know, Blood Command's just a much more heavy metal name, isn't it, than Blood Ceremony. Um, and um, Little Sleeper one for me that I need to listen to a few more times, but Tigers of Pantang have, from out of nowhere, their, their new record, it's got something. Definitely got something. It's caught my attention anyway. Scram through the month. Um, not a band I'm a big fan of personally, but I know they're quite well known and respected. Amity, Amity Affliction have one out next week. Devil Driver um, as well. So we can't can't knock. Well, you can't knock Devil Driver. Again, another band I don't think has got a bad record in their, their catalogue. So uh, looking forward to hear what they're up to. I've got an interest in Natta Himmel, um, which is guy to the brothers from... In the Woods, from the classic In the Woods, first two records that um, I could bore people for hours about, but I won't do today. Um, and so, yeah, um, looking forward to, to that one. And then ending the month, Incendiary, you classic sort of uh, New York hardcore kind of a, approach to it. But coming back to albums and bands from the 90s, some obscure European metal 
avant-garde odd stuff. Um, very much liking what I've heard from the phlebotomized album on Hammerheart as a potential ooh for the month. <laughs> but that's just a little round up there. But other than that, I think that is, I mean, there's 50 albums we're down to review for May. There will be more that we'll cover. Yeah, um, for sure. We, um, you know, we haven't <laughs> talked a lot about, except for Jesus Peace, we haven't talked a lot about mm-hmm. hardcore records this year, right? And there are a tremendous amount of hard, there's a huge clip of hardcore labels that have sprung up and are dominating. So, you know, I mentioned Church Road, which doesn't strictly put out hardcore, but when they do, it's some top choice stuff. And then, uh, you know, I want to, you know, just, uh, yeah, the Flat Spot Records uh, Mm -hmm. out of Baltimore and the Philly area, it just puts out like every record they put out, I vibe with. Even they're not, any of them are all different, but they're all pretty damn heavy. Uh, and there's been a, you know, there's sort of some hardcore adjacent, the Squala Grind, Scowl, in particular, yeah, a few, you know, scowl, uh, a few yeah, others. Yeah. Scowl's really good. We, yeah, we talked about them last month, I think. And so, you know, it's just like, just it's just hard to get a hand on everything and be comprehensive. Um, it was pretty funny. You mentioned Immortal, and I'm, I'm, re- it's the first album that's just Demonos, right? And Horg is yeah, gone yeah. now, so it's just like. <laughs> and then there was one, and if there's no, if he, if he's the only one left, is it still Immortal? That's a constant argument about who's in the band, and it's like, well, you know, Metallica right. only got two original guys, and like, <laughs> you've the rights. Overkill has rights, two yeah. original guys and nobody else, and so Iron Maiden's got one. <laughs> Iron Maiden's got one. On Earth has one. So, like, you know, we've been talking about these bands. A lot of a lot of good stuff coming up this year and uh no shortage of good new tunes to get. Steve, I always really appreciate these chats and these deep dives into the, you know, analyzing what's going on as it goes on. We are almost halfway through the year. When we meet up again, we're going to be at the halfway point of the year. Maybe, maybe we'll do a little half year recap. I'm not sure. We will have six albums of the month to talk about. And, uh, and surely all those will factor in our year end lists, but a lot of, a lot of mileage to go many miles to go, as Robert Frost would say, many miles to keep and not enough sleep for me. So (laughs) let me let you get yours, Steve, always a pleasure to see and talk to you. And again, I I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Thank you. That's cool. And in the the words of the immortal James Hetfield to sign off with us. See ya. See ya.